Kings. This is Jessica Schmidt, Director of Investment Communications here at Diamond Hill, and this is Understanding Edge. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Scott Williams to discuss his most recent industry perspectives piece, which is available at www.diamond-hill.com. Scott is a research analyst here at Diamond Hill with a focus on information technology and software. He's a graduate of The Ohio State University. He is a certified public accountant and a CFA charter holder. Prior to Diamond Hill, Scott worked at Stonehenge Partners and GBQ Consulting. As always, stay safe and stay healthy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Scott Williams. Well, hi, Scott. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to discuss your industry perspectives piece, which examines the software industry and software-related businesses. As we all know, Scott, markets have been quite tumultuous over the past two years and have definitely tested investors' resolve and across so many industries. But one area that seems to have felt the ups and downs perhaps even more dramatically than others is the technology sector. And in your recent industry perspectives piece, you shared with us your thoughts about the software space in particular. So to get us started, let's let's talk about the environment over the past two years. What has your experience been like as a software investor during that time? And what are some general observations or takeaways that you've had? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think the period has uh, has definitely been pretty fascinating to experience, to say the least. Um, I talk in the piece about the environment being sort of roller coaster like, and and I really think that 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 visual is appropriate because it it was pretty much just steady, kind of up and to the right for many software company uh, stock prices during kind of the middle of 2020 through the end of 2021. <clears throat> excuse me, followed by a a sharp decline earlier this year. Um, you know, much kind of in the way you you might expect to kind of go up and down the first hill of a roller coaster. Um, obviously that's happened to the entire market to a certain degree, but, uh, and there's, there's, you know, some, some external factors for, for kind of the, the up and the down, like changes in rates and kind of the specter of a tougher economic climate climate currently. But, uh, but it seemed like, you know, that, that, uh, experience was especially felt in, in the software space and other high growth areas. Um, you know, I said in the, in the piece that we found ourselves, um, spectating probably more so than playing, uh, if you will, within within the software space during the run-up, especially um, in 2021, um, because we didn't think that we were getting good value uh, generally at the time, just given the higher prices that were being offered. Um, that act- inactivity was uh, was definitely frustrating uh, in the moment, but uh, you know, patience has has hopefully served us well, um, and we've been able to find what we think are some pretty pretty good investments in the space uh, in 2022. Um, you know, some observations, you know, I thought 2020 and 2021, you know, prices were especially interesting, uh, you know, just given the run-up and and kind of the repeated narrative at the time with, with higher growth stocks, uh, basically being due to rates um, kind of going essentially to zero. And so um, sort of along those lines, this discount rates uh, for equities were were commensurately getting or getting reduced by by investors in the market broadly. 
and uh, similarly, um, you know, equity multiples are, are increasing at a pretty substantial rate. You know, according to to finance and economic theory, that that sort of makes sense. But um, you know, basically, to to have that kind of hold true, you'd have to to assume that um, those sorts of things would never normalize higher over time, specifically rates and, and multiples getting lower, which uh, you know seems pretty foolish to to believe in retrospect. Um, and perhaps even even having too short term a view of things um, in sort of a paradoxical way, I think investors that that chose to pay higher prices for sort of, quote unquote, higher quality businesses within the software space at the time, um, you know, needed to have a spe an especially long time horizon. But, uh, you know, some of the implicit assumptions that were made around rates and multiples actually um, sort of had kind of a, a more short term view. Um, like I said, in retrospect, um, you know, maybe sort of one other observation, um, and then I'll kind of sum things up with this question is that, that there was a narrative that kind of took place within the space, uh, pretty regularly that, uh, this sort of notion of digital transformation and kind of shift to more modern technologies getting pulled forward by several years, um, in 2020 and 2021, um, and, and that's sort of being beneficial to the demand curves of, of software companies. Um, we think that that happened, you know, to a certain extent, just given the strong growth of a lot of those companies during that time. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're certainly not Luddites and we try our best to kind of see those paradigm shifts when they occur. But uh, we're also trying to be realistic and rational about, you know, what, what sort of amounts of revenue and profit software companies can reasonably be expected to generate. Um, you know, over a sufficiently long period of time. Uh, so I guess simply put, we, we just sort of thought that, uh, that this sort of, um, this time is different narrative uh, was, we, we tried to approach it with a, a fair degree of caution and, and circumspection, which we think has kind of, you know, served us well. Interesting, Scott. And and you mentioned the up and down the roller coaster type of environment um, that it's been like for for tech and for software companies in particular. So, what has that been like? What has that experience been like for software companies? Um, what are some of the interesting things that you've noticed that are worth mentioning? Sure. So, I mean, I I, I touched on the digital transformation piece, and I really do think that that there is some truth to that and it's it's given software companies and, and related businesses an opportunity to to kind of go out to their customers and, and and really kind of show their their value proposition to them in maybe a way that wasn't as uh uh available kind of prior to to the time period that we just experienced the last few years um so that's certainly been a positive to those businesses that i do believe has kind of helped them um improve their future outlook to to a certain degree um Sort of interestingly, and, and this gets to the the share prices kind of being elevated in 2021. One thing that um, I thought that the opportunity was available to a lot of software companies during 2021 to take advantage of of M and A, just given their lofty share prices, and uh, you know, an opportunity to maybe consolidate the market and use their their share prices as sort of uh, an, an elevated currency at the time. And you really didn't see that happen um, as much as maybe you might have expected. Um, so that was sort of an interesting opportunity that I thought maybe was wasted by software companies, um, you know, in 2021. Um, you know, more recently, kind of in, in 2022 here, you know, we're halfway through the year at this point. Um, and we just kind of got out of Q2 uh, earnings for, for software companies not that long ago. And I think sort of the broad takeaways from, from that time period 
um, you know, have been you know, growth prospects generally seem to be pretty solid. Um, I think management teams within the space are certainly cautiously um, approaching the situation just given kind of the economic challenges that they're you know, confronting a lot of businesses, but um, they're cautiously optimistic, it seems. Um, you know, something that kind of coming out of 2021 and, and, and changing the, the narrative a little bit in 2022, there are a lot of software companies that are sort of pivoting to, you know, focusing on cash generation. Um, and you're sort of seeing that kind of manifest itself with, with uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know, staffing cuts and, and hiring freezes and that sort of thing. So um, I think that all that kind of combined has been uh, sort of a, a function of the operating environment the last couple of years here and sort of obviously during a more, uh, you know, favorable time in 2021 and in 2022 as things, um, you know, seem okay for software companies. Uh, growth still seems to be fairly solid, um, assuming the kind of economic environment cooperates to a certain degree, but it definitely seems like uh, software companies broadly have kind of pivoted to kind of focusing more on cash generation. So Scott, you mentioned that the growth outlook for the software space, cautiously optimistic about that and cash generation is, is positive. So I would love to now dive into what other characteristics you look for in a software company in terms of it being a potential investment opportunity? You know, what are some of those characteristics that make one software business more attractive than the next from your perspective? Yeah, sure. Uh, good question there. So um, I guess before kind of directly answering that question, something that kind of comes to mind immediately is that you know, I think it's become universally accepted and very, very clearly understood at this point that um, software companies have superior kind of business models and, and, and really, really good unit economics. And uh, kind of specifically in the piece I talked about, you know, low capital intensity for these businesses. Usually they have recurring revenues, you know, high switching costs, those sorts of things. And and over, say, the last five to 10 years, markets and investors have certainly, um, you know, kind of uh understood this more and more which we think is is correct and and kind of the right way to think about um the space broadly um you know uh, but sort of along those lines and kind of everyone believes the same thing and it's sort of common knowledge um i think especially within the software space kind of price price matters to a certain degree um and you saw that in, in 2020 and in 2021 and now in 2022 um, and it's sort of interesting. We've seen a few companies uh, in, in 2022 to this point um, get acquired actually for prices well below where they traded at in 2021. So you have situations where, um, you know, people are paying prices that in reality were sort of detached from um, kind of what, what the true kind of worth of the business was in, in 2021. So um, I say all that only to kind of say in, in sort of uh Kind of preface my my response that I, I think price especially matters within software and um, just given it, it, that a lot of these businesses are sort of of a of a higher quality than kind of your average business that's that's out there. Um, to answer your question, kind of specifically, you know, it's uh, um, I would say the, the you know the, the the beauty of the software industry is that probably more than most industries, um, there's a surprising amount of heterogeneity um, in the space and, and specifically very few businesses are uh, you know, exactly the same. So you're analyzing a lot of companies with 
I would say similar broad traits and kind of going back to the recurring revenues, strong cash flow potential, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, serve different products, um, sell, excuse me, sell different products, um, serve different customers and, and, and maybe have different competitive dynamics that they're, they're faced with. So um, just sort of given that level of uniqueness, it's really difficult to sort of answer the question to say that there are, you know, a few hard and fast rules or characteristics that we like um, that make sort of one software business inherently better than another. Um, you know, but sort of going through kind of our framework and things that we think are, are pretty um, favorable when we're analyzing these sorts of businesses is, you know, we're, we're business analysts first. Um, we try to understand the businesses the best that we can, um, you know, specifically try to understand their value proposition, you know, how maybe, uh, you know, a software business fits into its quote unquote broader ecosystem in terms of the customers that it serves and, and the competitors that it faces and that sort of thing. Um, and just sort of getting conviction that the, uh, you know, staying power of the business will be there uh, for some time and that hopefully it's competitive positioning and it's, it's uh, cash generation potential strengthens over time as opposed to, uh, to, to weaken. So we need to kind of understand that first and foremost when we're, we're analyzing some of these businesses. Um, obviously, you know, the growth potential of a software business is, is super important. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, the, the runway is there from that standpoint. We're paying kind of the appropriate price for, for that runway. Um, and also, you know, along the same lines with growth, we want to make sure that that growth is, is showing, you know, in, hopefully increased profitability over time. Um, sort of things like improving unit economics and, and maybe however that however that's defined in terms of like more revenue or, or cash flow per customer um, or per transaction. Those are, those are things that are obviously sort of making, you know, software business kind of overall more, uh, you're sort of rank ordering them based on those, those few things. And, and maybe just one other thing to mention, you know, we, we generally think that uh, there are several software businesses that haven't optimized their cost structure the way that we would probably like them to. Um, specifically, you know, maybe spending too much on, on sales and marketing or, or R&D. Um, kind of within reason. I mean, we we certainly understand that that there are a lot of software businesses that have an opportunity to um, strengthen their their positioning by either investing through the the income statement by acquiring more customers, to spending more on sales and marketing, or or building out their their research and development capabilities. Um, but I you know ideally we would like for that to be done kind of within reason and uh, done in sort of a prudent way. Um, so. You know, that's that, that's a few things that uh, as we sort of think about kind of what what makes a software business maybe a little bit better than, than others. It's sort of, you know, one kind of trying to identify those businesses where we feel like their staying power um, is there and their 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 positioning hopefully strengthens over time. We, we, we can appreciate businesses that have, you know, solid growth runways. And then lastly, uh, you know, uh, you know, companies that have uh, shown some restraint with their their cost structure in a way that we think sort of balances kind of some profitability today, um, but also not sort of hampering the, the long-term prospects of the business. And so in today's environment, Scott, you mentioned, you know, some of the prices have come down out of the Raptors, if you will. And obviously for intrinsic value focused investors, that's important. You mentioned price matters. What is the sophomore 
software market look like today? And maybe you could share some of the more interesting opportunities that you've been finding in the space with us. Yeah, so um, you know, I, we, we, we've certainly welcomed the, the prices coming down that's made it uh, um, a more attractive opportunity set for us kind of broadly speaking. Um, uh, and we, as I said earlier, we think that um, the commentary that a lot of software businesses have given recently has been fairly constructive um, about sort of the long-term prospects beyond which could very well be sort of a challenging, you know, period of time ahead of us. We're not exactly sure, but we, we think that a lot of these companies have solid growth runways for, for several years into the future. Um, you know, and, and just sort of one other thing before I kind of dive into where we've been finding opportunities, I, I mentioned in the piece that there's been uh, a pretty significant increase in the number of software and software related companies that are within sort of our investable universe, if you will. Um, it's sort of wild to think that uh, that that number from sort of mid 2020 to to today is up about 40 percent in terms of the number of companies that are that kind of fall within the space. Um, broadly speaking, due to due to some IPO and SPAC activity um, that's occurred in the last couple of years, so um, you know some of those won't be investable for us, but uh, but we're 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 very excited to have more opportunities to look at businesses and, and sort of assess if it makes sense for. Um, for for any of our Diamond Hill portfolios, um, you know, and, and maybe where we've been finding kind of the most uh, you know, the most opportunities, where we think the the the, the best opportunity um, kind of within the broader software sector is today, I guess definitionally um, because of the sell off, there there are kind of more opportunities down the market cap spectrum than maybe there were in 2021. Um, you know, so we think that 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 smaller software companies has been a pretty fruitful. Um, hunting ground. Uh, I mentioned in the piece that that some of our recent investments, um, Channel Advisor, First Advantage, uh, and Ramini Street, you know, it's that that's a fairly eclectic group of of software um, businesses or sort of businesses that have a a heavy dose of technology and software that's sort of infused into their their processes. Um, but at a very high level, uh, you know, the group. Each um, serves serves uh, a different niche, but uh, their their value proposition um, is is one that we have a favorable view of within their their respective vertical, and we think that the the market was uh, underestimating their growth potential kind of broadly um, when we made when we made those investments. Um, we've also kind of you know believed that each one um, has demonstrated an ability to grow earnings nicely alongside that that top line revenue growth that we that we believe they'll they'll be able to achieve and um, we think that that's frankly an underrated characteristic uh in in small cap software land just as i sort of mentioned earlier just given the um kind of the dynamic around sales and marketing and, and r d expenses and and management teams are straight around those areas so uh, maybe to kind of sum up that 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 answer you know we um, our general thesis is that there's there's some of these smaller cap software companies that are out there that uh, have uh, kind of found themselves maybe beaten down a little bit just based on broader market forces that are sort of out of their control. But um, but the business is no different than it was you know two years ago in in a lot of cases probably stronger and uh, they've they've um, they've been able to kind of grow revenues and, and shown signs of profitability improvements and. Um, we, we think that they're kind of positioned nicely within smaller areas that uh, maybe are less uh, 
less known or, or where the competitive dynamics are in their favor. And so we, we think that there's more of those opportunities that are out there. Um, and we're, we're pretty hopeful that uh, just given sort of the market volatility that we'll be able to, um, you know, identify more of those kind of uh, in the coming you know, quarters and, and years, hopefully. Well, Scott, thank you so much. This is certainly a fascinating space given how fast technology software evolves in our world today. So we really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights and we hope to have you back soon on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica.